whatever it was in the in the past that your parents or a partner said, look, you have to play small. You can't do this. Don't be loud. Don't be seen. Don't be heard. Yes, it, your ego can Jeff you in every single way. It's a misunderstanding of ego. Ego is what you say, think, do, feel, and believe about yourself. It's your identity. If you have an identity that says, I'm a world-class speaker, but yet you're never speaking, that's arrogant. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for entrepreneurs. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself, and one world-class guest to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Is there a difference between being confident versus having a big ego? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I would say when you are confident, you usually are competent at that level. And I think people who have a big ego, they think they are beyond their capabilities. So if you get on this microphone with Alan and I, and you've done this 900 times, and you're confident, I would say that means you have the proof to say, you know what, I am competent enough to do a good job here. I would say that's pretty spot on. But if you were to text me and say, Kev, I've never done a podcast and I can hop on the microphone and do a better job than you, I would say that is somebody's ego talking and I would love to see them try because it would probably be humbling or maybe they're that person who is a natural born speaker and maybe I had a bad day. So that is potential too. So if your competence matches uh, what you think, you're probably confident. If your competence and your capabilities are way off, then your ego is talking. Yeah, very, very strong. I, I agree a thousand percent. Confidence should come from actual competence, not from um, just ego. That's usually what it is. So the amount of dissonance between, so if your competence level is here and you think you're here, that's the level of your ego. So if this is a five and this is a 10, so you're competent at level five, but you think you're competent at level 10, that's a level five ego. If it's two, you know, um, if you're a two, you, you're competent at a five and you think you're a two, your ego is telling you you're worse than you are. And there's a lot of people, quite frankly, some of the people on the NLU team, they're so much better than they think they are. And so a lot of what Kevin and I do to lead is just, you're better than you think. Go try. Trust me. You're going to be fine. It's going to be great. Yeah. And it's giving opportunities. That's what it is, right? You get an opportunity that you don't feel like you deserve yet. And it's hard to have the confidence to do it. And that's kind of what we were just speaking to. Yeah. You know? oh got scared, Aim. Yeah, I did. <laughs> How can you make sure you stay at five instead of going over or under when you're in an emotional state to make sure your ego doesn't flare? Yeah, I would say recognize when it's happening, when you're triggered. So for example, we'll use this. This is utilization. Amy just got scared by someone coming in that she didn't expect. So most likely, if that will trigger some sort of uh, a response. So if her tendency is to shell up, she'll probably get a little bit mousy right now. Mousy. And that's just her tendency. She has to recognize that and then 
rectify that. Identify and rectify. Identify when it's happening and then try to rectify it in the moment. I would say, I would say Amy crushed that. I think that, Amy, can you repeat the question, please? Yeah. Jeff and No, it's okay. How can you make sure you stay at five instead of going over or under when you're in an emotional state to make sure your ego doesn't flare? Yes. When I was a youngin, I used to frequent the arcade. And at the arcade, there was a pinball machine. And that is the analogy I use for this is pinball. So you'll have your initial thought and you have to let it bounce around to shake off some of the dust, some of the ego, some some of the um, ill intent, whatever it may be. So it's almost like don't ever say the first thing that comes to mind. You have to take time with it and let it bounce around a little bit because I mean, think of the, think of if you've ever had like a tennis match argument, it's like, no, you suck. No, you suck because of this. Well, you did this to me. Well, you did this to me. If you just let it bounce for a little while, you probably would have had some of that stuff bounce off. So I would say the old pinball analogy is what I would say. I've used my protective personality for so many years. Seems like such a challenge to change these reactions. How can you offer suggestions for becoming more more vulnerable? Yeah, it's so scary. It's so scary. Uh, You're not going to uncondition 20 years into, but, you know, if, if you've been... First of all, I'll say this as well. We all grew up in a certain environment that had these tendencies. And so I grew up in a puffer fish environment for sure. And most likely you adopted either the turtle shell or the puffer fish. And so everyone right now, think about where they grew up, think about who they grew up around. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. So this person who asked this question, I think is probably on the higher end of drive to five. You have to decide in advance i want to slowly evolve in a way that eliminates this tendency but if you have 20 years of being around someone who was a puffer fish it's going to be very difficult to unwire that and remember if you did grow up around a puffer fish you might have reacted to that as a turtle shell because there's usually sometimes if someone's overly dominant the other person will be submissive And so there's a lot of nuances to all of this, but to answer that original question, understand it's going to take time. Consistency is everything. It's just like your physique. If you've been uh, not exercising or exercising a certain way, this is a better analogy. If you've been rowing crew for 15 years, you probably have a stronger back than you do chest. So don't expect to have a bigger chest than back in, you know, a year if you've been rowing crew for 15 I just think it, you got to start very, very, very small and very, very, very safe being when you hear the word vulnerable, it means capable of damage to some degree. If, if you were to say, what's the most vulnerable part of a boat or what's the most vulnerable part of a plane or what's the most vulnerable part of the rope? It is the thing that has the opportunity to be damaged the most. So that right there suggests that you are unsafe. So you have to find something that is just extremely safe. Maybe for you, your first step to being vulnerable is journaling. Maybe you've never really written down your true deep thoughts. And that for you is putting you into the anxiety zone. So you have to sit down and journal out the way you're feeling. Maybe it's you recording an audio message to yourself, a video message to yourself. I think you just have to start very, 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 very small because 
I think what happens is you hear somebody on a podcast or a speech being very vulnerable about something they're dealing with and you think, oh, I could never do that. And you shouldn't do that right now. The first step for you should be a baby step. So I would say that whatever the smallest, lowest barrier to entry is for you, I would start there, even if it seems like it's not going to do anything, because you never know that could be the, the puzzle piece that goes in that makes you feel confident enough to be more vulnerable. I think in the very beginning, like Alan said, it is brutal. It is very, 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 very challenging. And if you've been reprimanded for vulnerability in the past, or if you've been made to feel weak or not enough or whatever it may be, then you have negative experiences and negative triggers on top of something that's already challenging. So start very, very small, very, very safe, probably away from anybody else, honestly. How do you remove the negative connotation associated with the word ego? That's a great question. That's a great question. Wow. I, I don't, well, I think through studying things like this, where Alan and I, in the beginning, I remember we used to say the word ambition a lot, ambition, 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 ambition. And I think, I don't know if somebody said this to us, but they said, you know, ambition has a little bit of a negative connotation because it, I don't know why, but I think you have to understand that there are both ends of everything. So if you, okay, if you've been hurt by somebody who has an arrogant ego, you probably think it's very, very negative. If in this moment you're realizing that you have a turtle shell ego, it might not seem as bad, but I think you just have to rebuild your relationship with how ego has hurt you in the past. Ego is not a bad thing on either end. It's something that you have to learn. It's just like, me being short is not a bad thing. It's something that I have to learn and I have to understand how I react to that and what, what effects that has in my relationships and the way I respond to things. So I think you just have to continue exploring it just like, just like everything else. I, I really believe that. Uh, to answer that question, strong work, by the way, Kevin. Yeah, and by the way, we use the word aspiration all the time now. You notice sure. that? Yeah. It's aspiration, not ambition. We've evolved. And, and that's really, how do you take away the bad connotation with ego? The reason why there's a bad connotation with ego is because people see ego as arrogance. Arrogance is a certain type of ego. And that's what we are doing right now is understand that the ego is an identity. So when Kevin and I say we want to have the most successful, holistic, self-improvement podcast in history, and we will never miss an episode... That's some ego. That's our identity. We've attached an identity to that outcome. And therefore, we are far more likely to show up for that. So it's it's a misunderstanding of ego. Ego is what you say, think, do, feel, and believe about yourself. It's your identity. If you have an identity that says, I'm a world-class speaker, but yet you're never speaking, that's arrogant. If you have an identity that I'm shy, but yet you... Um, still, that's your ego. That's your identity. I'm shy. So you probably don't do speeches when you probably could. So you don't want to lock yourself into a, a, an identity. It's kind of like the little elephant who, while it's like a one-year-old little elephant, gets tied to this giant stake and put in the ground in the circus. And now it's a 
you know, two and a half ton or three ton elephant and it could easily pull the whole tent down, but it still doesn't because it's been conditioned to believe that it can't because when it was a little elephant, it tried and tried and tried and couldn't get out. All of us do that to ourselves. I mean, I was told, Alan, you're not good at English. You're great at math. And then I went all in on math and then got really good at math. So you just got to understand that that ego is really your identity and, and whether or not that's holding you back. And if your identity is higher or lower than the truth, the, your actual capabilities, that's where things get, get messy. Hello, I'm Maria Leto, and I actually have a really exciting live event coming up um, in Boston. If you can come visit us, I'm joining my friends at Next Level University, and I would love to meet you all. Um, and that is on March 26th, so get your tickets soon. What do we use for a mirror of truth if we often feel the opposite inwardly compared to how we present outwardly? Wow. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, try, try to aspire to actually, this is the only answer I can give, and this is kind of my answer for the synopsis of this entire episode. You want to be as good as you think you are. That's That's the goal, is to always strive to to be as capable as you believe you, as you actually are. And so, uh, if you want to improve, that's great. But the original question was something along the line. Can you say it one more time, Amy? What do we use for a mirror of truth if we feel the opposite inwardly compared to how we present outwardly? Ah. Uh... Look at evidence. Look at evidence. Data. Data. My answer is data. I had a client once who came in and I always, uh, I do sometimes trigger insecurities of my clients because they kind of know they're going to be graded. I have a report that I send them and all that kind of thing. And early on, this person came in and I asked, how's fitness? How's it going? Because we do health, wealth, and love. And she's like, oh, crushing it. Awesome. Killing it. So good. Right? And I'm like, well, I'm confused because according to your data, you worked out 52.3% of the time. And so, and this is a bodybuilder. So half, half, that means half the time you're working out. You really think that's good? Like, let's check in on that. So my point is the, the story she told herself was that she's crushing fitness. When the data showed the truth, she's not. And so data will tell the truth. Numbers don't lie if, if they're measured accurately. Like, if you run as fast as Usain Bolt, it's okay to say you're fast, right? You measured it. I don't know what his 40 is, but he's the fastest fast. man alive, so it's pretty quick, probably. But if you think you're as fast as Usain Bolt and you don't run often, you're you're wrong and it's it's not good. So I would say data, measurements. Measurements will will get rid of the distance between what you think and what you are. Yeah, I would I would second that. There's not many other ways to to do it because if you don't have proof, you can't prove to yourself one way or the other. So that, yeah, I would say data for sure. And th I think the thing is so many people are against data. So it's oftentimes the people who need the data the most are the ones who run from it. I know in the past I ran from it, so I'm not calling anybody out for that, but yeah, find a way to get data around what you need proof on or what you need humility on. And that, that'll be a game changer. Real quick. That's why my coaching, I, I this is not a plug for my coaching. One, I, I, one of the reasons the coaching is so valuable is I just I just give data. Mm. Here's the data of your actual habits. Here, so I send a report for everyone. 14-day report. Here's what you are actually doing in the last 14 days. Okay, you did yoga 67% of the day, days. Okay, you did you went to the gym, you know, 
80% of the days, your total productive output across all 12 habits was a 57 or whatever. So it gets rid of the, it, it's an immediate level set. That's why I love it. As soon as we jump on the call, I know your data. So you're not going to lie to yourself or to me. It, it gets rid of ego. I just realized that in this moment. It, it completely gets rid of ego because we have the data. Can your ego interfere with your goals? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and big time. Every way. There are people out there right now that I can think of that will not be successful at the level that they want to because they do not admit that they're not as good as they think. On the opposite end, there are people out there right now that will not be as successful as they'd like to because their ego has convinced them that it's not capable. It's, it's not possible for them. So yeah, a thousand percent. I tend to find that our listeners are ones who their egos kid them into believing that they're not as good as they actually are. Alan, I, I'm sure you've, I think you've worked with more people than I have, but that's what I've seen. So if you're out there right now and you, you have the not enough complex, you have the, I could never do that. I'm shy. I'm this, I'm this. It's probably your ego trying to protect you from whatever it was in the, in the past that your parents or a partner said, look, you have to play small. You can't do this. Don't be loud. Don't be seen. Don't be heard. Yes. It, your ego can Jeff you in every single way. Ego is the success inhibitor. And it, it will, like Kevin said, it'll affect you negatively in every way. And, and the, the more important piece of this than just success is fulfillment. It's very hard to be fulfilled when you're not being yourself. When you're alone by yourself, some people pretend to be very fulfilled and very happy. And then when they're alone by themselves, they're very unfulfilled and very unhappy. And I've been there too at times in my life. So I'm not, I'm not trying to call anyone out. But pretending never fulfills us. And I think that at the end of the day, if Kevin and I can give a gift to everyone, at some point with hundreds of interviews and thousands of podcasts and thousands of coaching calls and obviously our podcast and others when I say thousands, but you, you meet all these people from all over the world, all different countries, all different backgrounds, you realize, oh, like there's a lot of people out there pretending and it's not fulfilling for any of them. It's not fulfilling to pretend. Like your Instagram posts looking pretty is not going to fulfill you. It's it's just not. I have been a model, I've seen models, I've we've interviewed every type of person. It's the, the only fulfillment you're ever going to really get is is to eliminate ego, to actually be worthy, to actually improve and to to love yourself, not from an ego place but from an actual loving place. And I know Kev you have a story about when you finally felt like you loved yourself. You know, I think that would be powerful to share as well. Yeah, uh for most of my life, I would say I lived with a with a protective ego of trying to have a nice car, having a body, tattoos, uh, all the stuff that I didn't want people to see that I was very, very insecure and very, very ashamed of myself for much of my life. But I worked through that and that was a constant and never-ending thing that I'm still working through. But I remember one day, broke, no clients, I was walking around the kitchen and for the first time in my life that I can remember, I was really happy with who I was. I felt like I loved myself. I was proud of what I was doing and it had nothing <laughs> to do with the results or lack thereof that I had in my life. It was more because I felt on purpose aligned, fulfilled for the first time ever. And again, a lot of what we talk about is not quote unquote sexy and it's not, it's not the best thing in the world to hear because it requires a lot of work. 
And at NLU, we believe in doing the work. We just do. That's what's gotten us to this point. We'll never lie to you and say it was easier. We just showed up or we do what we feel. We we do what we think is necessary to achieve the level of success, have the level of impact and make the level of money we want to have. And that's that's just part of it. This is difficult. It will be difficult, but you're learning about yourself. You're finding out about yourself. You're freeing parts of yourself up that have been hidden for years to be expected that it's a little bit difficult. Next level nation. If you are tuning into this, it is obvious that you want to get to the next level of your life. While we have group coaching and we have a retreat coming up and we have a live event coming up, maybe for you right now, the budget just doesn't want to do that. We also have a free course, totally free on the website. Go to the website, click free course. It'll pop up, enter your email. It's yours. It's an hour and a half worth of content. Years of what Alan and I have learned in a free, easy to digest online course. You can take it at your own pace. There's worksheets, they're downloadable, all of that happy jazz. It'll tell, uh, teach you what it takes to really get to the next level of your life. And we want you to have it for free. So go to the website. One of the best ways to eliminate your ego is to get around other people trying to do the same. You may or may not have heard this. You probably have if you've listened to the show in the last several months. We have an event March 26th, Next Level Live. Super excited because... We are going all in on live events again, in-person events. So this event is going to have only 50 tickets sold, four speakers, half day, continental breakfast. The venue is gorgeous. If you haven't seen the video, we'll put a link in the show notes. And Aim, do you mind putting the link to the landing page in the comments as well? Oh, I already please did. Get- oh, okay, work. you're the best. Thank you. Uh, welcome. Please get your ticket as soon as possible because these tickets are more than half gone already. And uh, I'm just excited to meet all of you. As always, we love you, appreciate you, grateful for each and every one of you. Uh, we're about to cross 900 episodes, which is another milestone. Couldn't do it without all of you. At NLU, we do not have fans. We have family. Everybody say goodbye. Please reach out. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family, so make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at NeverQuitKid, and Alan is at alazarus 88 Also, if you found value in this episode, leave us a review using the link in the show notes and please share this with someone who's ready to get to the next level. We will talk to you tomorrow.